Welcome back. This is Season 2, Episode 2 of Fed Talks. I am Dr. Jimmy Chrisman. I'm a theater education professor at Illinois State University. Welcome to Fed Talks. This is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students, where each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education, hopefully to warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and to definitely provide you resources to better your practice in your theater classrooms. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate everyone tuning in each week and checking out the interviews and stories that I'm I'm bringing you. Hopefully you're getting something out of them. I have truly enjoyed um, spending my summer interviewing quite a few people, and uh, I'm excited to finally bring those to you now. Last week we heard from Tony Award winner Marilyn McCormick about her long t- career th- teaching theater in Detroit, Michigan. And this week I'm excited to bring you a really special interview for me. It is for a of my former students from Illinois State um, that are finishing up their first year of teaching. I, I caught them at the end of actually some of their final work days uh, before they began their first summer break as professional teachers. And uh, I asked them to reflect back on their experiences for that year, what student teachers can plan to experience during student teaching, and also you first year teachers, what to expect, and um, lots of pearls of wisdom from them. So I am excited to to share this interview with you, and uh, hopefully you will uh, enjoy it. They are they were very excited to see each other because some of them have not seen each other for a good year, year and a half even, and uh, so they were excited to talk. and And sometimes they were talking over one another, but I don't think that takes away from the uh, the, the information they're providing and uh, the really rich experiences that they had. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Sam Rosenfeld, Shannon Daring, Dan Esquivel, and Hannah Sponholtz. I have sitting in front of me four amazing young teachers. They have just finished their first full year of teaching in the field. Um, I have Hannah, I have Dan, I have Shannon, and I have Sam. Um, if you all will, I'm going to just kind of go down the road, just introduce yourself briefly, kind of tell us a little bit about where you teach, where you taught, um, and uh, a little bit about your programs individually, and uh, maybe just a touch of like the SparkNotes version of your journey to where we are right now. All right. We'll start with Hannah. You want to start with Sam? Okay. So I am teaching at Niles North and Niles West High School. Um, and I actually went to Niles North as a student. I did my student teaching at Niles West, so it feels very much like home in a lot of ways, which is really cool. Um, being a traveling teacher is crazy, though. Um, and like going back and forth one or sometimes two times a day um, between schools is a lot. Um, but it is such a pleasure to be back um, in a place that really does feel like home. So I guess for those listening, my name is Shannon Daring. I just finished my first year teaching at Warren Township High School up in Gurney, Illinois. So if you've ever been to Six Flags, I'm right there. I can see the roller coasters from the parking lot. Um, I student taught actually at Warren Township um, at the Almond campus. So actually similar to Sam, we have two schools as well. Um, a freshman sophomore campus and a junior senior campus and I just spent the last year actually teaching English to freshmen and sophomores at the O'Plain campus but then would travel after school for theater like almost every day so again very used to traveling back and forth once sometimes twice or more times a day it's kind of nice though because it gives you like 10 minutes where you can't answer emails or like yeah you're just in your car yeah 
So just finished up a year of teaching English, but again, directed and participated in lots and lots of uh, after-school theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Daniel Esquivel. Um, I teach up at Lakes Community High School, which is actually where I also did my student teaching. Um, so through all of my like end of the year reviews and everything, everybody always says like, you're, you're a first year teacher. Well, I mean, kind of, well, yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, sort of. <laughs> so, you know, first year and kind of. So I teach up at Lake Community <laughs> High School. I just, I just finished up my first year. We do, um, two kind of main stages and then, well, we do two main stages, three off main stages, and then like the student produced off, off main stages, which is sort of how I'm dividing it up for my own sense to make sense of it. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, uh, Lake Villa, which is like 10 minutes from Six Flags. So I can't see it from my, from my, from my parking lot, but I pass by it every day. (laughs) All right. Um, I'm Hannah. Um, and so I am not by Six Flags. Um, I student taught at Glenbard East High School, which is in Lombard. And then I ended up getting a very last minute job, which was very great blessing um, at Morton East High School in Cicero, Illinois, and I cannot see Six Flags, um, but I can see the skyline as I drive in to work, um, so that's exciting. Uh, and we've got two main stages. I'm the only theater teacher there. It's a one-woman show. Um, my auditorium seats 2,500 people, and it's a National Historic Landmark, so needless to say, I wear many hats. I'm also the auditorium manager, and yeah, so it's it's been it's been fun for sure. <laughs> well, I have lots of questions for all of you, but I want to uh, kind of guide the the discussion for um, kind of what first year teachers need to expect, um, mm-hmm. as well as what student teachers um, should be looking forward to and not necessarily looking forward to, but expecting as they enter their student teaching experience. Um, But first of all, tell me what you loved about your first year of teaching. Cheesiest answer, but I absolutely always will be the students. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, Mm -hmm. they are the best. They, I mean, when you just start from the beginning of the year and then just watch them grow, even like half a year, Mm -hmm. oh my God, there's just nothing like it. And they are they're just the best. I was also super surprised with how welcoming they were, like especially coming into two programs that have really amazing established theater teachers who are still here with me, um, how welcoming they were mm-hmm. uh, and how excited they were to have a fresh face and to have new opinions in the room. Um, that was really cool. And I was kind of surprised and taken back by that, by how open and receptive they were. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was... It was um, it was really, really great. I really, really loved coming into a new school. Um, one of the things that I, I liked the most about it was that I got ch- the chance to student teach. So they kind mm-hmm. of got like um, like a, a, a teaser platter, like an appetizer <laughs> to see what it was like and what I would teach like. Um, and now they, you know, now they're stuck with me. Um, and they really, they really responded well to it. They were really, really supportive and, and receptive to what I was offering and what I was, was what I was giving them. And, um, you know, my favorite part is absolutely the students, but one of my, like, my, like, the part that always makes me smile or laugh is when I hear them repeating my phrases back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
like I spend a lot of time making sure that uh, they know the past tense of cast is cast and not casted. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they start to correct each other on the past tense of cast and holding each other responsible for that, that just, I don't know, it, it makes me laugh every time. I use the, the phrase in a minute but not yet a lot and they started to say it to each other and I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Did you get that from me? I, I feel there was like a I camp thing. Yeah, it was a, a camp thing. I like that. My community was really great. Um, the students took a while to kind of warm up to me because I was this white lady busted into their school and they were not really used to seeing a young, yippie little white girl running around. Um, but it, as I said, it's growing pains and now like the kids are using my turn. They're like, oh, it's growing pains. We're going to get there. And I'm like, you are right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what, what, have you, what did you find was the most challenging part of your year? Being a white lady running around. <laughs> well, how did you handle that? How- um, I I'm still handling it. I yeah. mean, like, it's one of those things that, like, I've had to win their trust. And it's taken some time to, like, get them to engage in conversations and find that balance. But a lot of the girls are very excited because I'm the first female director that they've had in a long time. Seven out of... Seven directors in the past ten years. They've seen a lot of directors. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of directors. Yeah. So that's why, like, the kids were kind of like... That trust has to be yeah. huge. It's, it's taken a long time, but now I've gotten... Uh, a, a couple of the kids are starting to come around, and um, we're, we're addressing every issue that comes up. We're, we're handling it. We're, we're walking uh, a steady walk. We've had social media has been tough. I had a student threaten me on social media who ended up getting suspended. And we had to, you know, work through that as a whole department, and I, whole department, me, um, with the administration and the deans. Like, deans were really great in handling that situation, and they're just swamped. So, yeah. it's always one of those things. We're working on it. It's growing pain. <laughs> I think the hardest thing for me has just been like, like time not like necessarily managing my time but just a general lack of time oh, yeah. <laughs> um because i'm like it would be really easy to just be a classroom theater teacher or really easy to just be an after school theater teacher mm-hmm. but like to do both at the same time is like where's my head where's my brain like <laughs> where are my keys where, where right where's <laughs> like like where's everything and so just like trying to make time to mentally lesson plan and to just be ready for the next day after, you know, you're going into tech is really, is really stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, feel really lucky. I have a really great support system of, like, other teachers who are there with me doing the same thing. Um, but, yeah, that's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think, um, like, in going into the next year, whenever anybody asks like oh my god how was your first year it's like it was really great i had a lot of fun i'm really really proud of my kids i can't wait to try again next year yeah yeah um and one of the main things is is you know i went in with a plan i went in with unit plans lesson plans and all these different plans and that like not only did i have to be flexible but like 
I would start teaching something and all of it would suck. And so I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to not do this anymore. <laughs> I taught it. I taught an all special ed drama class for oh, semester. Wow. Oh and it was like, you walk in with plan A, plan B, plan C, and you end up doing plan Z. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like, no. I, like, you can plan as much as you want to in some regards. But like, at the end of the day, sometimes, and even in your gen ed classes, like, it mm-hmm. all sometimes just goes out the window. Mm-hmm. I think the most challenging thing was just to realize that there will probably always be something that I don't know. Oh, and God, that yeah. is fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. literally always. Um, and it's not my fault for not knowing everything all the time. I feel like the kids respect you when you own it. Like, when you're like, I, completely I agree. don't know this. I say that Let's all the figure time. it out together. They're like, yeah. cool. Yeah, I do that. And then there are moments where I'm like, look, guys, I make mistakes. And I'm going to make a lot of them. And then on that particular day, a student was like, uh, while we're on the subject of your mistakes, the date is wrong. Um, <laughs> and was, but it was like not oh disrespectful God. at all. You know, it was no. just like, yeah, we. You're like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, let's fix it, right? There we go. It's all about fixing but, mistakes and growing from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's a, it's very easy to say that, and I mean, it's still something I struggle with. Oh, hell for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for, I'm, oh I'm always like, I should, I should know more. I should be doing more. And I'm like, God knows, I'm doing a lot already. <laughs> like, I could just. Take it easy. I feel you. I feel you so hardcore. Like you said it, and I was like, that is it. That is definitely it. There's just like this need to be like, as a first year teacher, to be like, oh, I got everything. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because yeah. you're trying to step into the shoes. I mean, like, you, you know, I'm <laughs> a first year teacher graduating college from Maine, stepping into my first job, and mm-hmm. the previous teacher was um, a six year veteran teacher at this school with her master's. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel the need. From not only myself, from the students, and and you know from the community to to live up to that standard mm-hmm. um, of you know six year veteran and and masters, but uh, I want to I I, like, I I I feel bad every time I tell the kids like oh I don't know or like I do something and they're like you know that's not actually how we do it that's not how they like the last teacher did it it's like well well we're doing that's okay we're learning it's okay, that's okay. That's we're doing, or we're doing something different yeah, yeah. that's okay yeah. yeah that is hard though like. We were warned about that. I mean, I, I yeah. can hear Cindy Brown in my head right yeah. now telling mm-hmm. us that. Cindy Brown right? told, saying, uh, I wish I could go back and apologize to the first five yes! years of teaching. Yes! That's what I tell myself every day when I'm yes. 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 My, my, uh, my university supervisor during my undergrad, his, he always said, if you get through your first year and you can find the bathroom, you've done it well. <laughs> you, true. You've done so well. True. That's so true. The second year, it gets a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And you add a little bit more that you've learned and that you've grown. And then by that third year, that's when it really gets fun. Yeah. Not that the first and second year weren't fun, but, but you, you feel like you have your feet underneath you and, uh-huh. and you're standing on strong legs and, okay, I, I got this. So mm-hmm. um, you're right where you're supposed to be. You know, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And, and I think that's important for, for any new teacher, but especially with what we're going, what, what you all are in and what, what I'm training people to go into and what I did for 17 years is that – there's a lot to what we're doing, and there is no way you're going to know everything on that day one when you walk into the class. There's just no way, um, which is something I, I – this past year at my freshman group, they 
wanted to be ready for student teaching by the end of the freshman year. And I'm like, guys, there's, there's a reason you have three more years. <laughs> there's a reason you have three more years. It's a process. I but don't mean to laugh so hard, but I mean to laugh so hard. It's true. I feel like I'm laughing because like, I felt the same way, too. Yeah. Right? Like, like, I'm ready to go. Really? I was, I, I was not. I was like, I knew. I was like, there's no way I'm ready for this. I need to. But I felt yeah. the need to be. Like, yeah. after my first year, I'm like, okay, I gotta go. I already did my first 385 project. Like, I, I was like, it's like a deck manager and I'm like I gotta I gotta teach the kids <laughs> like, I, I no I definitely was just like I need more experience yeah no it was the horrifying into? combination of both of like I need more experience but I, I think, need it right now yeah I think definitely mm-hmm. uh by I'd say w- w- once we did our own 385 projects mm-hmm. I was like I'm ready to student teach like let's, yeah. let's yeah. do yeah, it let's do it yeah, absolutely let's do it yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, also, to those 185ers, oh, yeah. some of y'all are not even going to be in this major by the yeah. time you it make will... it to the end, okay? There were three of us. Okay, so it's okay. Yeah. At the same we... time, five of us surviving. Five, yeah. Surviving. Out of what? I think we 15? all survived. We, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of us. started with like 15 people my year. Well, we're working on that. We're working on that. Not only retention but but just being very honest with them from the beginning yeah. on yeah. day one I, I I've gotten very comfortable telling them on the day one of every semester if you realize this is not for you that's okay that's yeah. because I don't want you here then yeah, yeah. because awesome. you don't need to be in front of students you right. don't need that responsibility if yeah. this is not where your heart is right mm-hmm. and I think there's a really big pressure for a lot of of high school seniors who mm-hmm. want to go into theater to go into theater education because their parents think it's the backup it's, plan. It's, right, it's, a, it's the backup plan or it's safer, which mm-hmm. uh, but like, yeah. but you know um, what though? Like, I, I went into theater education as a backup plan because my parents mm-hmm. are like, oh, you want to be an actor? Good luck. Mm-hmm. Do theater education as well. And after my first semester of theater education, I'm like, okay, cool, maybe not acting. Maybe theater education is where yeah. I want to go. Yeah. So like, if it was your backup plan, awesome, cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Make great. sure that it, now it's your, it's your it's number, your, your one, number one, one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it kind of takes to getting to that senior year if you're on that fed acting track. I mean, mm-hmm. when you have to make that decision between showcase and, you know, student, like I was student teaching. I was in five years, so I had to choose. I'm like, I'm going to be student teaching. I cannot audition for showcase. I auditioned for showcase. I was in showcase. Mm-hmm. I went to every rehearsal for showcase, and I could not make it to the actual show because I had an interview for a teaching job yep. that I ended up getting. So, it's one of those things. It's like it gets down to the wire, and you're like, which one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've also gotten very comfortable with telling them that there are things I can't teach you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. that, that there are just different experiences that are going to happen that I have not experienced, mm-hmm. that there's just not a book about. Um, so what are, what are some of those things that you've experienced this year that there is no way Cindy Brown could have taught you or I could have taught you? <laughs> she did. She raised her hand. <laughs> Sorry, I threw my hand up right away um, because Warren went through a lot of contract negotiations this oh, year. Yeah. Nothing, literally nothing prepares you for that. I think maybe I read about it in a chapter of a book, mm-hmm. and then we were we were in the middle of it all. And yeah, it's not one of those things where. Like, you just have to be ready for anything. Like, be a part of the union. Like, not yeah. to get political, oh gosh, but, but seriously, real. be a mm-hmm. part of your union. Yeah. Because 
oh my god those teachers have your back yeah if you got their back they have your back and i i am forever grateful mm -hmm. for the teachers i'm not gonna cry and get involved in the union too like go to go to the meetings go don't the meetings, just right? bring your laptop yep I think like for me some of the moments that like stood out to me is like oh didn't learn that was like I mean just the chaos of like we were in our musical this year uh, and we had three kids who were vomiting off stage <laughs> a girl who was on crew who had to be taken out in a stretcher during act two of our final show because oh, she like could not move backstage just like everyone was sick oh, and it was just like the chaos of like dealing with those things like literally in the middle of a show while we have an audience um you know and also them dealing with like the paperwork and all that stuff on the back end of yeah, like yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not something you can learn in a classroom of like how to deal with that all at one time and as as much as we were taught about you know the carrot the dangling carrot oh god the dangling rope the yeah. dangling oh, rope yeah. that you're not like don't, don't take it but you hear that analogy and then it the, you have to have the experience and then being like, oh, this yeah, is what it is. Problem. They, like, the whole, like, slowing Like when your students dangle the rope? Yeah. Yes. 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 From, from I'm going to ask you to explain what that is because oh, yeah. there are going to be people who don't know what that is because I don't. So sure. It's from uh, Teaching with Love and Logic. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you explain. Uh, <laughs> You'll do it better <laughs> than me. It's one of those guys. Yeah. 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 Um, so dangling the rope is like where like a student will will say something to incite a reaction or say something in order to either start a fight or t for you to like show your your weakness or your cracks. Or just get attention. Yeah, to get attention. Um, Validation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So like um, I remember I remember in God I don't remember if it was in a lab teaching or in. in 385 or something but I remember there was one time when when I was dangling like a kid was dangling the rope and instead of reacting to the rope or anything like I, I grabbed the rope and I just pulled as hard as we could because I wanted to show like I can handle this I can I got this don't don't make nonsense in my classroom mm -hmm. um and it's not effective it's mm -hmm. it's not effective it's um because all you're going to do is create you know it goes from like a level one disruption to like a level like 500 disruption yeah <laughs> they um, want you to pull Mm -hmm. yeah, so and then they'll pull even harder than you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think like in those situations, the thing I found really helpful is like, like letting the whatever it is happen, mm -hmm. like letting it happen. Other kids uh -huh. see it, like mm -hmm. they're not oblivious to mm -hmm. it. And then like getting everyone to do what they need to do, and then like talking to that kid one on one to be like, what's like, what's the root of this? What's going yeah. on? Like, yeah. where I'm are you at? Because like a lot of the times, honestly, I think. Yep. They don't even realize they're dangling the rope. A lot of the time, it's like oh, there's so much going on in their life too that like mm -hmm. we have no perception of yeah. until we ask them. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, if if they come in and I like, you know, their sister or their aunt or their cousin is sick, like that rope is really easy to dangle in mm -hmm. that case. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes the attention off of them. Off of that, yeah, for them, mm -hmm. and it's a distraction for them. Yeah. Um, and then to like break down that wall, I think a little bit with them is is yeah. really helpful because I think they then realize like, oh, it's also affecting other people, and like there's a better, healthier way for me to handle my own emotions in this scenario. We had a meeting um, where we watched a video by Oprah Winfrey, and of course it was Oprah Winfrey, um, oh where instead of asking like what what happened or, or like why are you doing this, mm -hmm. we ask what happened to you to make you do this. 
and it's not like a conversation that you have to like, like hmm, what happened to you but it's it's <laughs> yeah. us being introspective and yeah, saying like oh i think about that all what's the, the root of this yeah i never like take a student's disrespect and think like oh my god they just hate me it's mm-hmm. like no there's mm-hmm. always always something else like and my, then you have that conversation yeah, and my then... biggest rope dangler divorced parents dad was coming in and out of her life constantly and really couldn't decide if he wanted to be a father figure or not mm-hmm. she's 14 that's yeah it's impossible it's like, yeah, to no deal with wonder you're irritated mm-hmm. <laughs> i would be too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And i think that's another thing to own too like some days like like we as teachers also have shitty days and oh, to yeah. walk mm-hmm. into the classroom and say hey guys i'm not having the best day right now this is where I'm at. I'm going to do the lesson. We're going to get through this. But, like, this is where I'm at emotionally. A lot of the times I feel like they respond to that, too. Yeah. And obviously, and like, that can't be every day. <laughs> right. You know, but, like, that <laughs> can't be every day. It's, but, like, it's funny you say that because literally one day I drove into work and I was almost hit by another car. And so mm-hmm. my first period class, I was a mess because I was like, I told them, like, I almost died today. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, September. So they're just like, this lady's crazy. <laughs> nice <to meet> you. <laughs> right. And then they were like, what? Tell us the whole... And like, by the end of it, we were all just like, like, like <laughs> wide-eyed oh and looking at each other like, she's alive! <laughs> Hallelujah, she's alive! She dodged death. She, and then we went back to being a long way gone. Thank you. <laughs> Those are just some of the days you have sometimes. <laughs> I had a... Um, I had a... We did a production. We did Wizard of Oz. And... My my personal life was just kind of in turmoil and in shambles, and I I I'm very guarded with my with my I was very guarded with my students as far as my personal life and what happened outside of the school building, and and I tried to keep a really strong face for them. I tried to keep things going as normal for them and being out as little as I could be, um, and eventually, like the rumors started going backstage that that I that I didn't care anymore that I was just letting the show fall apart and that my heart wasn't in it and eventually got to the the second teacher that I had and she was like um you need to kind of level with them a little bit because you're not doing that you're actually doing three times more than you normally do to keep that from happening and so I did I after rehearsal we just had that a simple conversation I was like guys I've, I've got a lot going on and this is probably like one of the worst times of my life right now and you guys are kind of what are keeping me going um so if you see things kind of not getting done i need you to step up and help mm-hmm. and and they were like done and like, like, yeah. they were there and it was it was good to go and and but yeah sometimes you have to you have to be a little vulnerable with them sometimes and you have to let them know this is i'm not right right now and i will be but i just need you to know that just like we need to know that from them yeah. If, if there's a bad day, if there's a crappy thing happening before they come in, I was always, if you let me know, I can work with you. But yeah. if you don't, then what I don't, mind. there's nothing I can do. So um, eventually kids started, they were like, oh, he, he means business. He's serious about that. Yeah. So um, it, is, it is. It's being vulnerable, and, and you have bad days too. And, yeah. and it's okay for them to know that sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, um, what's one of your, your favorite stories from your first year of teaching? It could be a funny story. It could be a horror story. It could be something that impacted you. I think the most the most impactful thing that happened to me this year as a teacher, I was actually, we were talking about this before we started recording, mm-hmm. um, but we do this performance in one of my 
basic theater classes. Oh. We do a unit on, on body work, and we talk about pantomime and physicality, and they have to perform um, a one-minute pantomimed piece that is in some way true about their life or like emotionally connected to them to a song that they choose. And they can do it a partnership, they can do it solo. And I had two students um, who were both Muslim perform a piece about how the after effects of 9-11 affected their parents and their families. And it was like one of the most powerful performances that I've ever emotionally witnessed. Um, and I like completely lost it in class. Like I was sobbing. Um, and they finished their performance that was really beautiful and it ended in like this beautiful moment of like them as themselves had transformed from their parents to themselves and they were at like a protest basically like advocating for their own rights. Um, I'm gonna cry about it if I talk about it. But um, it was like such a cool moment for the whole class um, to like in our post discussion about their performance like to talk about um, identity and like how I was like very open about it about like how me as a Jewish teacher that like also touched me specifically um, and like it was a cool like very intersectional moment in the classroom um, and to see that come out of their work from an art form was like ugh, like you can't ask for more than that mm-hmm. so it was really cool um, I would say if we're going on performances so the the play that we did um, was Our Town by Billy Wilder. And I had a little like spark plug moment and we did uh, a pre-show of, we edited Ed Sheridan's um, song about the, oh my God, the hill. And I'm forgetting. Castle on the hill. Yeah, Castle yeah. on the Hill. So we changed it to Cartwrights on the Hill because <laughs> Cartwrights live on the hill. And so we like, I sat down with a bunch of students and we went through that song and like, how much they knew the the story and like where I knew like I let them kind of like edit it and they were like what would work with this and I'm like I don't know why don't you guys look at uh look at the end of act one and like so watching them put those puzzle pieces together and the fact that even though I had the idea I kind of gave it to them and I said okay do it Mm -hmm. and like they were able to put all those puzzle pieces together and then watching that unfold and then having that is one of the pieces in the performance it was so cool um, I had a I had a student who uh, last year the theater teacher um, he he was he was butting heads with the, the student a lot um, and the student kind of went through some stuff and and at the end of the year he shut down and um, he's on the autism spectrum so he uh, you know he he responds in certain ways to certain things mm-hmm. and um, uh, just like everything that was happening the only reaction that he could have was to shut down and so. This year, he was planning on moving up to the advanced class instead of like the intermediate class, and um, I didn't have any experience with him. I didn't really get a chance to work with him last year, but he, um, the the other theater teacher, and I and the parents sat down, and it was the like the, the other theater teacher wanted him to take the intermediate course again because he didn't have a good end of the year. Um, and we wanted to see, you know, how what improvements could be made. Um, and the, the the teachers really said that like, he hates school. He he does not want to come back any day. He he can't stand it. But the theater class is the one class that like makes him want to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up putting him in the advanced production. And like I kept sitting down with the parents and I kept communicating with the parents, asking them like, 
what can I do to make this process better? What can I do to make the, the communication better to make sure that he doesn't even get an opportunity to shut down because we're never getting that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like the kid and I established a really, really great relationship. And um, he, <clears throat> there's an, an advanced production that the students do every year. And he did an audition for the fall play and he did an audition for the musical, but he was had to be in the advanced production. And then after the advanced production, the parents came up to me and they said like, listen, the work he did was incredible. This is like the most involved you've ever seen him in the department and this is the most involved that we've ever seen him in a show. And it's something that they witnessed and also that he witnessed. And he came up to them and said like afterwards that he was considering a career in theater, how he wanted to be a theater teacher because um, of his experience with this. And from there, it only kept improving and kept improving. We have something called 20% projects, which is where they have 20% of their time throughout the year to do an independent project of whatever they want to do. So he decided... That's all right. That's so cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I love it. The kids are really, really responsive to it, and they do awesome, awesome work. And so he decided that he was going to write a play um, with his 20% project. And he spent uh, all year writing this play called The Pizza Man, which was a... Um, sort of an, uh, a parody of 1980s slasher films, but of this pizza man who was mad because he did not get a tip. Um, so he decided to to uh, chase a la Scream um, all these people throughout their house. And like we read it together as a class in like the, one of the last days of school, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever read. Um, and just like seeing him so proud of it and seeing all of his like classmates who were just his classmates who became his really, really good friends lift him up and support him and say like, listen, if next year for your 20% project you do this as a full-on show, like I want to audition for this role. I want to audition for this role. I want to be part of it no That's matter cool. what way it is. So seeing somebody who felt unincluded in theater um, to be included in theater and then to be lifted up and like highlighted in theater mm-hmm. is one of my absolute favorite stories. And like it, like like we said, my favorite part about teaching is the students and and not only seeing him succeed, but seeing all of his peers rally around him so much was just amazing. Oh my gosh, there are so many like small moments I think that really just make it for me. Like I don't think there's ever like one big thing. That I'm like, this was it. Like, this was the moment. <laughs> right. You know, but it's just little things um, similar to what Hannah said, where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a costume designer, but like, I'm not the costume designer. The kids are the costume mm-hmm. designers. I am the one who just makes sure that we don't spend all of our money. You know, right. what I mean? <laughs> like, it'd be all through our hand, right? But, yeah. But to see <laughs> the designs that they come up with, uh, to watch them teach each other how to use a sewing machine, uh, it just all. Uh, just all those little things that stick with me even in my English classroom um, kids just kids who don't want to read aloud but by the end of the year are raising their hand to participate mm-hmm. right um, kids who swore on their life that even though they had never read Shakespeare they were going to hate it anyway um, raising their hand and participating and grabbing a foam sword and fighting with me at the front of the room yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's those things yeah. yeah all the little things just add up to being great things Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I love teaching. Right, it's great. Aww. Mm-hmm. Well, what um, what do you see as the greatest need in your students right now, and how can we as theater teachers help them? Oh, I think we're struggling. Oh, like, yeah. I, my kids, I feel like at least in my programs, are like really good at like 
identifying like emotions and communicating emotions which is like amazing but they're lacking some of like the really basic fundamental theater stuff about like building a character and pretending um Mm. and like getting in the headspace of play so it's like they can like emote and like show that they are sad or like show that they are happy but like they can't get in the headspace of like okay now we're actually gonna play Mm -hmm. and like it's okay if we're wrong. Like, I think the fear of failure is so big that, like, improv terrifies them. Um, And they, like, like, they need, they're like, I need a paper in my hand. I need words on a page to, like, be able to do anything. Um, And so, like, I'm slowly, like, peeling that Band-Aid off with them. And it's, it's painstaking. It's, a lot of the times I, I attribute it back to, like, this constant need for approval. Um, And, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to talk. I always say that I don't like to do things I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's that's what my students do, is mm-hmm. they don't like to do things they're not good at. They don't like to, they don't like to fail. Even if it's the very first step they take, they do not like to fail. And with improv, um, they always went back to what was comfortable. So, like, we when we did our improv unit, every scene would stand up and say, I can't believe you, like, I can't believe you stole my boyfriend. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool, we've done this scene ten times today. <laughs> what else can we do? Um... And it's the constant need of approval of like like I'm afraid to fail. I don't want to play because I'm going to look stupid. We did Laban work and and the kids on paper loved it. They they mm-hmm. loved putting together like oh it's going to be you know heavy and sustained and indirect. <laughs> oh that's so cool, awesome. And then when we got up and tried to experiment it, they would just like walk around floating the entire time. Be like okay cool, break out of a circle if you're walking in a circle. And they would keep walking in the circle. Break out of float if you're going to do float keep floating it's like they they only go to what's comfortable and so that's something that's i think a lot of it also stems from like the way that the like larger educational system is set up in terms of like in their math classes and in their english classes they're very like driven by points Mm -hmm. and i think like they're like when we get to like improv and stuff like that where it's not as project-based like okay how are we going to be graded on this and i show them the rubric and they're like okay well like this doesn't really like like I, I don't know how like to make those things happen necessarily, mm-hmm. and like, it, it's like well we use the skills that we're learning, like we use our pantomime skills, we use our vocalization skills, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, uh, so. <laughs> I actually do. So I, this is something I I stole from my my the person I student taught with my mentor Mark Ketzer at Glenbard East, um, and for his improv unit he does this, and it's so it's so awesome. It's one of my favorite things because it involves actually what Sam you were just talking about is like developing a character. Mm-hmm. So I call it the stock I call it the stocking project. Um, the what? The stocking project. The stocking. Oh. Sorry. Chicago came out there for a second. Stacking. Um, no, uh, the stocking project and they have to watch um, somebody that they do not know. I do this too. I don't I tell them it's it's our not stocking project. Oh, I, say, <laughs> <laughs> I call it the stocking project. Right? like don't actually stock something. Yeah. I was thinking stocking like tights and I was oh. like, what <laughs> kind oh, okay. of project? Am I going to be making puppets? Yes, they do. with puppets. Up. <laughs> but no, but then the, the assessment is two part because then the first part is um, they've developed this character and then we take them on a trip to a mo- the mall. So it's like guided meditation needs exploration and so mm-hmm. they have to, and so like I kind of walk them through and then hand them different conflicts and so then I kind of serve, it goes to teacher and role, so then I get to go and I get to play, 
Um, and I have a lot of fun too because I get to be like the bus breaks down and everyone has to stay on the bus and then someone has a gun because someone always has a gun and you're like nope nope sorry and then you beat the police <laughs> officer and you have to arrest someone and then they have to go sit in the corner and you're like just so you know your grade got lowered because you just pulled out a gun for no reason because it's not motivated by your character because mm. I know your character <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it goes full circle and then eventually it turns into the second part of it is an improvised monologue. So then they, oh. as their character, have to go up on stage alone by themselves and exhibit their walk, their talk. That's where the bigger half of the grade is. But then they have this crazy story to talk about of going to the mall and some lady puked on me and it was crazy. Um, but then it makes them actually, you know, engage in, it's not necessarily freeform play, but engage in true improvisation because they literally have nothing else and they have to pantomime talking on the phone they have to pantomime writing a journal whatever's motivated by their character that's totally marketer but i was like (laughs) i will take this with me forever i think my students really struggle the most with leaving what's not about the class outside Oh, they, yeah. it's like I, I can just tell some days kids walk in and I'm like, you going on a trip? Because look at all that baggage, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you got to just leave it outside. Like, I, mm-hmm. I get that that's something that's going on in your life, but I'll guarantee you it's not going to help you read this book today. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take your mind off of things, you know? Mm-hmm. And if anything, it's like, I, and I tell my students this all the time, I'm like, if you come in, and you're willing to let that stuff sit outside, you now have 46 minutes, and you don't have to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably going to feel really good. Um, yeah. I think it's also hard, though, like, because I do a lot of work with bringing in your baggage, and, right. like, yeah. okay, like, well, with that project, I mean, right, like, with that yeah. project we were just talking you know, about, like, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, even in my English class, like, we did a lot of work with, like, when we were talking, when we were doing Raisin in the Sun, we did a lot of work with identity, obviously, and... So I was asking them about their stories of, of their identity and we were talking about those pretty openly in class and like it's hard to leave that baggage outside when you bring it in. Too. But you're giving them a specific space to use that baggage. Yeah, right. yeah. And like mm-hmm. when you're doing like Laban work, you don't need that baggage. You get to be somebody exactly. completely different. And there are moments like all the yeah. time, like that's something I do all the time is let's connect to the story, I connect yeah. to the character, like in their annotations, that's something I push a lot. I think one of the things I struggle with then is like, Mm -hmm. how do I break it apart so that one day they know like, yes, bring your baggage today, but then the next day they're like, okay, no, check it at the door. It's kind of like, you bring it every day, but Mm -hmm. you just have to, and I think this is just part of growing up, right? You have to be able to manage it. You need to know when it's appropriate to talk about that stuff Mm -hmm. and when it is just not appropriate. I think it's hard too, because all my classes um, are all grade levels. So all my classes, all my theater classes are freshmen through seniors, and so where we get that arc of development sometimes is really oh, tricky. Because oh, you see yeah, the freshmen yeah. like sometimes latch onto the seniors and sometimes it goes the opposite way, which is really dangerous. And but seniors yeah. are not the yeah. most <laughs> tricky. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think to build off of what Shannon was saying, it's just like social anxiety with yeah. like I had this like this student who she had an IEP but would just Literally, like, I went to her IEP meeting and her mom, like, had a conversation with her mother and we all got to sit down and just talk about her. And we figured out that she was hiding in the bathroom every single day. She came to school in her uniform, went to the bathroom, and didn't go to any of her classes. And it's like, it's, and like the fact that nobody found out about this until like, 
almost the end of the school year. And I'm sitting there and like, you know, I'm trying to engage her. Like she doesn't uh, speak, she speaks English, but in terms of reading and speaking in Spanish, um, most of my population is uh, Hispanic. And they, like she, if she had come to class, I could have talked to her about it, but she didn't come to class, yeah. and she was so afraid. And then it, it turned, in, and then it turned into just an attitude, and she became aggressive. Mm -hmm. So then it turned, it it just kept like the social anxiety, the fact that so many of these kids have it, like they just shut down and just. And it comes back to that conversation like, of like what happened to cause this. Reaction. To cause well, this and I've yeah. noticed a lot of kids snowball. So like, if they yeah. miss one assignment. Then they're like, Absolutely. oh, well, then I have to spend this time making up this assignment in this class and this time making up this assignment in this class. And it just, like, snowballs out of control for them. And then mm -hmm. they're like, they've got, you know, six weeks of work to make up all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. um, and that happens a lot with students who are out on medical leave or students yeah. who are, like, out for any of those kind of stuff. It, like, it really messes up their grades. and Yeah, and it's hard because it's like, as a teacher, you want them to succeed. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can't check the bathroom. No, it's hanging out, right? Yeah. And, um, like you can prepare as much as you want for those kids to be gone mm -hmm. and give them the work, but you can't force them to do it. Yeah, right? mm -hmm. you can lead a horse mm -hmm. to water, but but you can't make them turn in their assignments. <laughs> Is that oh. how that goes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's, <laughs> that's that the is the official expression. What? Because um, Dan talked to my 185 class this semester because um, they were having this epic meltdown around January, February about not being ready for student teaching and they were, didn't feel they were ready. And that's where I was like, of course you're not. Right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be. be. Right. Yeah. So I had Dan. He, he Skyped in and, and talked with the class and, and really laid it out for them that, you know, this is going to be hard, guys, and yeah. you're not ready. Mm -hmm. Absorb everything you can because um, when you're there, it's overwhelming. It's a lot. It's the hardest you've ever worked. But he also said, but then it's the most rewarding thing. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about your student teaching experiences. I, I got to observe all four of you at some point. Yeah, um, my like first year at ISU. Yeah. Um, so what was that like and what can upcoming student teachers expect? I loved student teaching. Yeah. I thought it was like... Yeah. For me, it was such a cool opportunity. I had an amazing, amazing cooperating teacher who I now have a, as a colleague, which is great. <laughs> um, but uh, it was really amazing because um, he let me run and he let me try things and he let me fail, mm -hmm. um, which was like such an amazing opportunity and I always felt supported um, by him. So like in terms of all of the classroom stuff, I felt like student teaching was just like well, let's throw paint at the wall and see if it works. And um, I felt really supported by the students in that, and I felt really supported by my cooperating teacher in yeah. the experimentation of that. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that sucked was EdTPA. Uh. Um, it's actually, like, newsflash, um, I failed EdTPA the first time um, because I included student work um, and student self self grading in the process, oh, so student reflection, yeah. um, and that is apparently something that you can't do. So. Let, let's, let's fix that. You didn't fail it. Well, yeah, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> they said, hey, fix this and I resubmit. Had <laughs> I had to resubmit it. Um, but, Be kind to yourself. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. You didn't fail but, like, it. I just, yeah. well, no, absolutely, but you had to go in, like, it's, and that's, like, the BS crap that I hate, is, yeah, like, absolutely. in my resubmission, I didn't have to do anything except for take out the student work, yeah. which was, like, 
That's the part that matters. Like, <laughs> like, not to mention, like, come on, people, really, you couldn't have figured this out without, right. like, and me having to spend another $90. I didn't, like, I literally yeah. didn't add in anything to it. But it's, like, that's the part that drives me crazy about teaching is, like, those little things yeah. along the way that are, like, 99% of the time they have nothing to do with the kids. 99% of the time they don't have anything to do with your teaching. And it's just, like, the checkmark boxes that you have to hit oh, to make God. the state or the administration or someone above you happy. Not and I, that's the yep. crap I can't deal with. It is really one thing to hear about it over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to listen to people who are currently going through it. And it is just a completely different thing for you to do it yourself. And wherever you are is going to be different from the other people who are student teaching at the same time as you. Um, Because no matter what we tell you, the kids are like, if you literally the exact same school, the exact same cooperating teacher, the kids are going to be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I will say, like, I also ended up working with a fabulous I had two cooperating teachers which was awesome Jimmy's nodding his head I think mm-hmm. he remembers them they were great people um, I had an English I'll call them out by name because they're awesome Kim Posh my English CT she was awesome uh, Adam Miller theater CT and uh, both of them they're so different as people that I think I am their weird hybrid teacher baby. (laughs) Yeah. But they were so, so different, and I think that's what I appreciated the most about them. Like, Mm -hmm. Adam is, like, no rules, like, loosey-goosey, right? If it works, it works, whatever. And Kim is like, are you crazy? You need structure. You need lines. You need order, right? And she is a, right, she's a mom. She had three boys. Like, I think I remember one time Jimmy came in and, they sat down to discuss my grade, and she was like, "Is it going to take long? I have to go to soccer practice." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like they, but they both. I guess the lesson I'm trying to take out all this is, just be ready to take all the advice you can, and just be in the moment and do it. It's going to be good and it's going to be hard, mm. so just enjoy it. But like, yeah. it all works out. Like, yeah, it totally. does. All the crazy, like things totally. that we have to deal with and if things you, of that. Like, yeah, it all if, comes together. Right, if you work hard mm-hmm. and you know yourself and you know that you are true to your teaching and you're willing to be better, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's the same thing that we're telling our kids. Don't be afraid to fail. Because, yeah, like, you, oh. <laughs> I also had an absolutely incredible uh, cooperating teacher and I would like to uh, say Abra Chusid is amazing. Um, she taught me everything I know and she, like, she helped me grow so much as an, as an artist, as a theater educator as a person Mm -hmm. um yeah and just like don't be afraid to fail and know that your cooperating teacher will be there to catch you Mm -hmm. i can't tell you how many times i like i did something i did some like stuff like now i'm looking back and it's not that bad but in the moment like oh my god i totally failed and then she pulled me aside say hey i'll fix this don't worry about it keep teaching and it was great it was awesome Mm -hmm. i mean you know Mm -hmm. i didn't end up saving the world i didn't end up you know destroying it either (laughs) I think that's the best way to put it. Like, you're not going to destroy it. Like, it's still this teacher's classroom, but at the same time, like, they're giving you a window and an opportunity to go in, try something. It didn't work, Mm -hmm. and that's okay, and they come in and they correct it, and they kind of help you along. It's like a a three-legged race. (laughs) Just like, it's okay, go, go. It's a three, it is. Like, it's a three-legged race, and, like, I remember one time, uh, I I already mentioned Mark Hatcher, he's he's a boss, um, and I actually use him, like, when for the improv unit. Like, he has a very specific way of walking. And so then I, like, embody him, and it's, like, such a great homage. And, like, the kids are like, yeah, like, you're this guy. And I'm like, yep, that's Marquette's here. That's it. We're good. <laughs> um, 
But, I mean, there was one day that, like, he's like, if you ever just, like, can't do it, like, I was, like, I didn't eat enough, and I was, like, dizzy, and I was, like, about to pass out, and I literally just looked at him, and I said, hey, Mark, you want to come down here for a second? And I'm like, you need to do this. And he literally just, like, walked in and taught the lesson, and, like, I was able to step outside and, like, take a drink of water and be like, I need a snack. <laughs> yeah, I actually, you said it, I went through, I can't believe I even forgot, but I went through health issues at the same time, and there were definitely days where I was like, I, I'm going to, like, either pass out or throw up, mm-hmm. and I will see you in a minute. Mm-hmm. And both of them were like, okay, yeah. and that's it. Everyone has their limits, and you really need yeah. to know when yeah. you need to stop and go. And like, it is really not okay to just like not eat, not drink water yeah. mm-hmm. for the job. Right. No, it's like right. you. It, the job's not going to happen without mm-hmm. you. You can't and pour from you're an empty not, cup. Yeah, if yeah. you're not taking care of yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. that. That's something you learn, right? So, you think you so what did you learn about taking care of yourself during that semester that you have put into practice now? Oh my <laughs> and how do you take care of yourselves now? Because that's oh so important. Re- always pack a lunch because even if you think that you are like gonna like Go bite ahead. at school, no. something happens, Sorry, whatever, you have a lunch and you can eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my advice. Always have a water bottle. I always have a water bottle. I have three have in my classroom. I forgot yeah. one now and I'm very warm. I really, <laughs> one of the big things I realized this fall, I like, got to direct this fall, which was awesome. Um, and like I loved that and I loved being around after school and I was working on every production this year after school um, but I started uh, about like halfway through first semester I really realized that I was missing like performing mm-hmm. um, and so I started doing playback theater again in Chicago uh, and that just had rehearsals once a week and it was a really nice way it started rehearsal started at seven so like usually I only to miss for tech because um, our rehearsals ended at six so it gave me like enough time to get down to the city but finding like one thing that was like this does not have to do with school this is like my creative theater work that I'm doing outside of school that has nothing to do with my students was like mm-hmm. so nice to have um, and I started that in January and that's been like a you know per- my personal savior second semester mm-hmm. was like having that thing that I just this is mine you know when I was student teaching I, I had this issue I felt lonely all the time I felt so lonely because, like, you know, I love my cooperating teacher. I love the other teacher um, at my school. Like, now we're really, really good friends. But then I, I still felt like this isn't my place. This isn't my. Yeah, I, I think I felt like that this year too. I yeah. feel like that now because it's I don't have, like. I'm so like strange. I miss sharing my classroom. Yeah. Or I miss sharing. Yes, my cooperating yes. teacher. Yeah, class. yeah. I, I have miss. Yeah. I like if I could co-teach yeah. forever. I think yeah. I'd die. Happy. Yeah, it would be great. I and love I'm, working with other. I missed like all my friends from college because you're, you know, you're they're they're still at college having a lot you're, of fun. You're plucked right out of it. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. You're no, removed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. So um, I just I just felt really really lonely. I mean, I never saw my family because I was working a lot. I never saw, you know, my partner because he was down and normal. Um, and and one of the pieces of advice that my cooperating teacher gave me is like. One, make plans. Don't ever let yourself sit at home because even like unless you need a day off, unless you need a day off. Mm-hmm. But don't ever ever let yourself sit at home just because you're too lazy to go out and make plans because you're gonna find yourself sacrificing everything in your life just for this school and you cannot let that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said, uh, buy tickets because it's a great way to trick yourself into having to go out and not being able to cancel cancel plans because you already True. spent the money. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I um, making an active effort to never spend you know, never spend a weekend at home, even if it's just like, like, you know, I spend like Friday at home, Sunday at home at Saturday, I go and get lunch with my mom. At least it's me getting out of the house. 
and it's helped a lot with me not being so lonely you know mm-hmm. i same way I, I definitely miss my my cooperating teacher and I, I missed her a lot more when i started teaching um yeah, that but, must be strange to all yeah. of a sudden not have her in that space anymore. Yeah, it's it's super it's strange. Really and, like, I reference her a lot because the kids know her and right. I know her. And, like, right. you know, she was a huge mentor for me. And I, I cannot I cannot say that I, I, you know, I mean, all three of my mentors, I can't say that yeah. I wasn't here without each one of them was, was instrumental in who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gotten a lot better. It's been, it's been easier to stave off that loneliness. Yeah, I, yeah. I think... The best piece of advice I've gotten, and I got it before I, I think I even was officially theater ed, um, it was from the Letters Project from oh, yeah, uh, for freshman year. I got it from my high school theater teacher. Yeah. Today, I think the best piece of advice I've ever gotten, and it is you need to have a life outside of the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember reading it and thinking like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. I. Okay. Uh-huh. Also, Jonathan Meyer, you the best. Love you. Um, <laughs> but he was totally right, and yeah. I think yeah. even now I think sometimes I'm straying from that. And this summer is really about like take a break, like yeah. find be with your family and just like go hiking and do stuff mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be about theater or education all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be better for it. Find a hobby. Yeah, oh, I think God. a hobby yeah. for yourself. Like, I yeah. love, like, mm-hmm. for me, it's painting. Like, I lock myself in my room, and I'll spend time, like, doing that. But it's, like, I need a hobby that's just mine that, like, I can't do with anyone else. Like, that. yeah. so it's, like, because I, I love hiking, too. But, like, I go hiking with my family, and I'm, like, uh-huh. oh, my gosh, just, like, also, that's Stop also, yeah. that's another kind yeah. of stress, like, mm-hmm. in another way. But, like, if you have something that's, oh, like, yeah, sure. just yours, mm-hmm. it's, like, ugh. Yeah, great. like, now I wake up every morning, and I go for a run, and I walk my dog. Right. It's mm-hmm. great. I garden. Yeah. I have an orchid and two African violets. Oh, my God. I'm very excited about <laughs> it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Do you want to just I mean, edit like... the rest of us out? Right. None of us are nearly as impressive. <laughs> He's wearing a flower shirt. Like, like oh, my God. Oh, my oh God. God. I think about that. And you're garden. No one can see it. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to describe it in vivid detail? <laughs> I, it's, it's burned in my mind. <laughs> Um, I have two final questions for you because I know I, I kept you waiting a while while I was stuck in traffic. But um, um, we'll just go down the line. Um, what is it's, – it's my last two questions for every episode. What's, what's a resource that you can't live without that we need to know about? And then the final question is your parting words of wisdom for new teachers and student teachers. Other teachers. Yeah. Uh, other teachers. Yeah. Um, and not just the ones in your department. But the ones outside of your department, too. I think, like, mm-hmm. I get really bubbled into, like, I'm in two theater offices, and that's, like, those are the people who I talk to. But, like, branching out a little bit and without – it's hard because uh, sometimes you branch out of your office and things get gossipy and drama happens. But, like, making connections with a couple other people who, like, are not in your content area mm-hmm. and getting their feedback mm-hmm. is, like, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yep. Second, other teachers, best resource – there is um Mm. they've been through it they know what you're talking about um and the best ones will give you stuff for you to use and say change it make it whatever you need it to be but here's a nice template this is what i use keep Mm -hmm. use it or don't Mm -hmm. yeah yeah other teachers and there's so much crossover too like science teachers who give me stuff that i'm like oh "Oh my god how can i use this in theater like it's there like it's fun i stole a dbq rubric from social studies Mm -hmm. oh my god i love that I, i did that with a book and then some of those resources were taken from other English teachers and yeah. it's like 
I don't know. I think like as a first year teacher, th- that really is your best resource mm-hmm. because you are not a computer and there's no way you're going to generate an entire, like what I'm, I taught, oh my gosh, at least five units, English one, English two, right? Mm-hmm. You don't come up with that no. in one year, right? Mm-hmm. You need to talk to other people. Mm-hmm. And don't pay for it. Just ask somebody. Like there are other things online that are like, oh, just buy it, and no, you're like, no, and you're like, it. no, don't, don't buy it. it, don't buy it. Just ask, literally go ask talk to somebody, somebody, and if they ask you to pay for it, never talk to them again. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, my resource. Uh, so we we do this thing called like informal informal observations, and like you know, oh, it's a lot of process and it's a lot of like rigmarole. But honestly, that's that's every single time I come away from an observation, I feel like I'm getting to be a better teacher because I'm getting feedback. Ex- yeah. yeah, feedback and exact and specific feedback of like at. 48 seconds and or 48 minutes and 12 seconds you said this phrase i think maybe we keep using that phrase because it's really really effective mm-hmm. at 37 minutes and 15 seconds you said this phrase and the kids responded this way so i get like exact specific feedback and that's like m- my the head of my finance department is amazing um and so he's able to give me specific feedback and i every single time i'm like oh, cool can't wait to be better so that's that's my resource that i can't live without mm-hmm very very uh like heavy thirded on the also other teachers yeah. quadrupled on the other teachers um but also like us as theater teachers they're like we have other peoples but typically in a school you don't have other people so then like some people will come in and be like wow i don't really know what to tell you because this is so different mm-hmm. but we should be using creative drama in class in other classrooms that's a whole other sidebar but to highlight another resource um online classrooms i have found to be amazing um so my school is i've, I've had the opportunity to work with ipads with student teaching so that was an apple school and we use google classroom um now i'm at a pc school and we are using microsoft and what um, about your parting words of wisdom um yes and Yes, and. Always say yes, and, because not only will it make you push yourself out of your comfort zone, just like you're asking your students to do, but also mm-hmm. you're contributing to an environment, you're contributing to a culture, and you have to remember that even if you just say yes, you have to say yes, and. Can I piggyback off that? Yes. And say no. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think also saying no is so is so important. I... I yes I'm like a yes man all the time and then I end up like wanting to cry at home every night Mm -hmm. so like don't again like going back to that self-care piece like it is okay to say no and say why but say say no and like Mm -hmm. no I'm not Mm going to do this but I could do this instead or I can help you in this way Mm -hmm. but that is what you're telling me I need to do right now is something that is not realistically getting done because there's other priorities Mm -hmm. and and set your priorities and know your priorities and make your students your priority because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Don't compare yourself to others. Uh, your journey is specific to yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at following my own advice, so trust me, it's not right. easy. But don't compare yourself to others. Um, you will never be at the same place as someone else, even other first-year teachers. You are the only person who is you. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your journey. Um, ask for help. Don't be afraid to be like, you know what? I really don't know. 
and I'm going to cry by the copier because that's what ended up happening to me all the time. <laughs> and I always cried by the copier, and there was always somebody there that were like, was like, are you okay? And I was like, no. And I just started crying by the copier. Um, but yeah, ask for help, and it's okay. I'm going to cry now. No, I was like, yeah. There's I no copier. No, oh, ask for help. Okay, yes. I mean, ask I for help. Yeah. Like, because you, you have to. You can't do it by yourself. And like, I'm still by myself, like in the corner, and everyone's like, help me. And I'm like, I'm trying. And I'm just like, and leveling with your students being like, I'm trying. That's yeah. all we can do is that I'm learning with you, and we're going to make it. And we're going to grow together. And there's going to be growing pains. Growing pains. Full circles. Full circles. Well, I am very proud of the four of you. I know you had a successful year. I know there were growing pains. I know you're going to keep growing. And I'm looking forward to the day that I can send you student teachers. Um, but thank you so much for... for <laughs> but thank you for talking with me today. I, I know my student teachers next fall will enjoy hearing your words and, and hopefully new teachers starting in the fall can, can gather some wisdom from what you've, you've learned over this first year. So thank you so much for talking. Thank you to Sam, Hannah, Shannon, and Dan for taking the time to talk with me as you were wrapping up your school year, and I hope your new year has started off fantastically. I'm excited to hear how things are going with that. Hope you enjoyed my chat with them. They were four amazing student teachers, and what I didn't share with at the beginning was that they were my very first four student teachers when I came to ISU, so they were out in the field my very first year at ISU, and they hold a special place in my heart, so... All the best to the four of you. We're going to shift gears just a little bit now, and I'm going to introduce a new segment on the show for you. This is where my current student teachers who are in the field are going to share with you and uh, introduce themselves to you and just give an update of how things are going with them. We're going to do a weekly or a bi-weekly check-in with them to see how things are going. So there are going to be some recurring characters here in our, in our story on Fed Talks, and I, I hope you enjoy that. This is Kelly Lawrence and Emma Harmon. Well, I'm excited to welcome to Fed Talks two of my current student teachers, actually my only two current student teachers right now out in the field at Kelly Lawrence and Emma Harmon. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your placement and uh, then we'll get into check in on how things are going. I'm Kelly Lawrence. I am over at Thornton Fractional South High School. It's in uh, Lansing, Illinois. I like to say that it's like the corner of Illinois, literally. Um, and I don't know, it's been about two weeks now. I start student teaching like an actual class tomorrow. So that's a little exciting. Um, aside from that, it's all of it is kind of a lot to think about because I've I'm also a transfer student from Juliet Junior College. So I've only really been at ISU for two years. So you take over <laughs> your first class starting tomorrow? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. So I'll be exciting. taking over theater production starting tomorrow. So and tell us a little bit about what that class is. Uh, so that's basically just the whole like the behind the scene aspects of um, theater. Um, so from like the technical stuff to who runs what, like we kind of just went over the hierarchy of job titles and everything. So we are going over that with all the kids. And uh, when I start, we will be starting with uh, making set models, which is pretty cool. And then we'll kind of move into props and costumes and lighting and stuff like that throughout the weeks. 
Well, good. I I do want to come back to that in a minute because I've I've read over your lesson plan so far and I know that you've got a really cool project that you're starting with them that I'd like you to tell us a little bit about in just a little bit. But right now I want to meet Emma and have Emma introduce herself to us. Sure. Um, So I'm placed at Highland Park High School and there are two theater teachers there. Um, There's David and Scott and David's responsible, oh my gosh, for so much. He does like the auditorium management and he teaches the tech classes and filmmaking classes. And he does teach a section of acting one that I'm with him on. And then my other cooperating teacher, Scott, handles all of the advanced acting levels as well as some of the acting one. Uh, So my course load while I'm with them is to do acting one with Scott, acting one with David, uh, tech theater with David, which I am not, I'm not like a tech god like Kelly is, so it's much more of a learning (laughs) experience. Um, And then I'm in acting three and advanced theater performance with Scott on the fall. Oh, wow. All right. You got to big old full load there you're dealing with i love it yeah but i I don't but we're working on it it's great good deal deal. (laughs) i just wanted to check in with you both and just kind of see how things are going um i know i visited your schools this past week and um, i saw i met all your teachers and kelly already knew yours but it was exciting to meet emma's uh cooperating teacher so um just kind of fill me in a little bit on how things have been going what have you what has been going well and what, what are some things that you're worried about or concerned about? Overall, things have been going really well so far. Um, I was really intimidated to be working with my cooperating teachers because I regard them highly. And I think like what I keep reminding myself is, Emma, if you're scared of something, it's probably a sign that you're about to learn. Um, and that's something that I think has been coming a lot for me while student teaching. And that's um, like when I've whenever I've been leading activities none of them have gone poorly but it's it's so true that you just get those jitters the first couple of times that you go up in front of the students um and something that I feel fortunate about though is that David and Scott both of them have been so gracious and welcoming as I enter their theater program and they have they've been very vocal to their students about how grateful they are to have me and I think that it's made a world of difference Um, in my student teaching experience to have cooperating teachers that have been so grounded um, because they're leading the culture of their program and by them saying explicitly like we are so happy to have her here uh, please listen to her please be good to her Um, they do and the students that I've been working with have been so inspiring and thoughtful Um, so all that has been going really well so far Um, and then the thing that has been a challenge is just to try and keep Um, all the scheduling straight in my brain. I think both Kelly and you, Jimmy, have gotten texts and emails at all odd hours being like, wait, what am I turning in right now? Or uh, as, you know, as evidence, like 10 minutes ago, what I just said to Jimmy was just another session. But um, that's my thing is I need a a big planner with like three different colors of erase markers. And yeah. Well, because... what people may not know is I expect a lot of you when you're in the field and I, I expect you to do well and uh, I have some things in place to help you with that. And, I, but I am also not a jerk and, and if you need a little extra time that I'll work with you, but, but you do have a lot going on and you do have a lot expected of you for this. And uh, you, you, so far you've, you've been tackling it well and uh, your, your cooperating teachers both seem pretty, or all, all three seem pretty um, excited and impressed with you so far. So um, 
just keep your head above water and you'll be fine. You've been so <laughs> kind too. I just need to get my colored Sharpies out and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Kelly, how about you? It was definitely, like Emma had said, it's intimidating the first, especially the first week, just having all of the kids come in, especially um, how Anne has been there forever. So they all kind of know her, they know how she works, and it was kind of intimidating being introduced and knowing that at some point you have to take over for someone who's kind of made their mark on how things are run in the theater. Um, but Anne has also been super, super awesome with um, making sure that all the students know that this girl, like, just as important as I am up here. So, like, she could give you referrals just as easily as I can. Um, but uh, I think one of the first few days, Anne was just like, hey, you know how to play this game? I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, go teach her to this class next hour. And at first I wanted to have a panic attack because I didn't have time to like really process it. But I think that was like kind of a good thing to just kind of like throw me in, even though it was just like a small game to teach. Um, but I think that was super, super helpful because it already uh, allowed me to start having like the relationship with the kids that early on rather than just kind of like sitting there. Um, I think I have also been not procrastinating on things. I've been very adamant about myself, making sure that I have stuff either in the works or planning or something like in that nature, just so I'm not overwhelmed. So far, I say two weeks in. Um, so I think that that's going well as well. Um, something that I'm a little bit nervous about is that um, I... So whenever I talked about being nervous to friends or family about teaching theater or saying that I am afraid that students are just not going to like me, their go-to comforting idea is that it's theater. Whoever is in that class is there because they want to take it. I've learned very quickly this past few weeks that that's not true. <laughs> so I have a specific class that just does not want anything to do with theater. So that's kind of what's intimidating for me is that class specifically. But um, the past few weeks I've learned a lot about the students in that class. So it's kind of making it a little bit easier for me to wrap my head around the fact that I will some point soon have to teach these kids. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest intimidator for me right now. Well, and when I met with you all this week, it was, I, uh, you, hopefully you found a little comfort in the fact that, that your cooperating teacher, Anne, said that, you know, they were an anomaly class for her as well, and that she's also mm -hmm. wrapping her mind around how to reach them. Yeah. So, so yeah. working together on that's going to be really interesting and fun for both of you. Um, yes. To figure yeah, we both out had a, a lot of surprises for both of us this week <laughs> was figuring that class out. Well, that's good. So I, I just want to ask one more, one more question for you and then I'll open it up to you if there's anything you want to talk about. But um, as you've started, as over these two weeks, you've been working with your cooperating teachers, what, what about their personalities and uh, ways of running their classes are, are different than the way you would? And what are you learning from that? And how are you um, taking that in and, and 
bettering yourself in your practice or, or learning from and, and figuring out what you will do? I know for sure Anne has defi- is definitely going to toughen me up this semester because I, I think I've written it in one of my weekly reflections so far that like the kids like will ask you anything in order to get out of class, whether it's just to go to the bathroom, go to their locker or something. And I know this is such a simple example, but to me, I always want to say yes. Like, Oh, you just want to go to the bathroom. That's fine. You could go. And I, when it comes to Anne, and I think this kind of comes along with her level of experience and being there for as long as she has, her simple answer is no, sit down. (laughs) And (laughs) To me, like I said, I just want to like always say yes. And so like it's already like starting to kind of rub off on me a little bit, like to kind of find that middle ground. And I know I I do need to like toughen up a little bit when it comes to that aspect because then like they're just gonna want to walk all over you. Um so it's definitely helped with that so far, being able to not be the sweet little like preschool teacher, but no, like you're <laughs> teaching high school. <laughs> So you need to like really top it up. <laughs> what about you, Emma? Something that I've had already a lot of conversation with David and Scott about is like, how do I develop my own style um, in working with within the classroom culture that they've already set up? Um, and so they'll be having conversations with me and um, I'll be pointing out things that I like that they did. And they've had to pause and say like, yeah, but that's not what you have to do. And you're here because you do bring something that is different from us to the table. Um, A conversation that I was having with uh, David about on Friday was the fact that I am a woman and the two of them um, bring forward a totally different energy than I do. And already in my teaching, I've had like female students in a weird way kind of flock to me. Um, And I found too, I I was kind of hesitant when they did because I was like, you know, I'm really glad that they're opening up to me and that they feel connected with me, but I don't want them to think that I'm like just too buddy buddy with them. Like I am Miss Harmon, hear me roar, you know? (laughs) But something that Scott said is that my age is the only thing that I cannot control. So something that I've had to make peace with is like, it like let your age work with you and wear like wear the professional clothing that you need to wear and, and use the language that is professional but also know that like if they see someone that's younger and they're like thank god I can relate to her then don't try and shut that down because that's something that's really valuable to them in their days to have a teacher that they can connect to in that way um so that's something that I've been um kind of like working through um it's not something that I kind of thought would happen I think back on my student teaching and how I I tried everything in the world to adapt to exactly what my cooperating teacher did um and then the next year when I when I when I started my job and I had my own classroom and I was trying to be Barbara Mager and it just didn't work because it was it wasn't authentic it wasn't me and I had to take the things that I learned from her and those skills of, of being tougher, of, of knowing where those professional lines were, of, of being the educational leader in the class um, versus where, where's that balance between that and the, the friend and, and the, the mentor that the students want as well. So um, when I quit trying to do Barbara Mager, 
when I, when I, when I quit trying to play that role um, and just take the things that I learned is when my classroom culture started to develop and, and mm-hmm. my persona as a teacher started to develop. Because I think I, I've told both of you before that, you know, the, any of your clinicals and especially in student teaching, there is a bit of a, a false nature to it because you're plugging yourself into someone else's culture Mm-hmm. And, and it's still not authentically your classroom. And that's one of those big challenges. But I have no worries for the two of you. I know you're going you're gonna to find that balance and you're going to do that and do that well. Um, but I, I encourage you to keep looking for those things in, in your cooperating teachers that, that you can take and, and use later, but use it the way that Emma and Kelly would use it. I know um, I was kind of having that issue with like, my inner thoughts the past week too. I was like, okay, well, I have to be like Anne to get through to these kids because they are used to Anne. And then like, so I think that's kind of something that I'm working on more specifically going forward is trying to find that balance and trying to like find new projects that maybe they haven't done yet or rather than the same old stuff. So maybe like if I do something that they really like, then and would want to use it in the future. If the kids like it, they'll say that they would want to do it again. So I'm kind of trying to think about that going forward. Well, and I, th- I think when I was at, when I was there at your school this week, I told you, you know, that that was one of the things that I, I was like, I dare you student teacher. Whenever I had student teachers, I was like, I dare you to do a lesson that I'm going to steal from you and use later on. So for me, that was one of the cool things that I got new ideas from, from you all. Yeah. Um, you were bringing new things for me to look at as well. So I, I dare you to give your teacher something that they're going to use later. So you should do that. I was yeah. bringing in um, a polymorph game from one of my acting one classes and it was super exciting. It was like the first thing that I brought in and it was something that um, was folded into the polymorph and all of the classes like Scott and David like the, you know the students love it teach it to everybody um it was, it was the joke because it was like my first day with like a five second warm-up game um but that's something that I think helps like legitimize us to um to the students is is like bringing in things that are our own and it being acknowledged like this is not my idea it's their idea and then when the students latch on to it they're like okay we're with you so Kelly you you kind of alluded to a little bit about the project that you're starting tomorrow um Emma, I'm going to come to yeah. you in a minute about something that you're looking forward to teaching in the coming week or so. But Kelly, tell us just like the, the, the Spark Notes version of, of the project you're starting. Yeah, so it's the beginning of the set design unit. And so before we even get into all of the technical, technical stuff, um, it's called the All About Me Musical Project. And essentially what it is, is they, they create a musical based on their own life. So what they'll, they'll get like a questionnaire saying, what's your favorite color? What do you do on a Saturday? What could you not live without? And the aspects of the project is that they're supposed to create a model of a set, not really knowing exactly how to do that, but that's kind of the point um, out of things in their daily life so and then like you'll give them four different four or five different scenes and they have to create four different like areas of the set specifically for those scenes so one of them is all about their favorite color one of them is all about um their best friend one of them is all about something that they can't live out and so it's essentially just like them creating their own set design based off of a musical that they are coming up with on the spot 
So I'm kind of excited to see uh, what comes of that because uh, then we'll move into the actual process of learning how to build a scale model of a set. Um, so just to kind of see that differentiation between the preset and then the post set when they're actually designing a set of an actual script. But yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. So Emma, what is something you're looking forward to, to teaching coming up? Well, this next week, we are moving into stage two of our animal unit in acting three. Um, and the animal unit in general is so cool to watch real, as the fly on the wall because it is so student-led. It's, it's explorations, really, for the whole class. Um, and instead of being like tuned out and just kind of sitting aside, it's fascinating to watch how the students have evolved so much even like from from two weeks ago just their there's their comfortability i think with using their voices and their body has has just exploded and it's crazy to be a fly in on the wall in that classroom and this next week we're challenging them to make that transition from like their animal like moving as the animal to whatever they think the human form of that animal will be um, and I'm kind of scared to teach it because it's one of those, it's not like um, a game where I give the instructions and then they're kind of off to the races. It's one of those things where I'm guiding them into meditation and then um, giving them bits and pieces of story structure and coaching them along the way. Um, and it's that sort of like movementy coaching that I feel like I didn't, I never gave myself really the the space to practice that um, in my training. So I've never really done it before. And Scott's done it for 30 years. So um, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be him, but also I don't want the students to be like, wait, what, what are you talking about? I just, I want to be able to support them and, and help facilitate what I believe can be like a transformative experience for them as actors. So I'm really excited for them to make that transition. I'm excited to try my hand at it. I'm a little scared, but I think it's going to be good. Well, I'm excited to check back in with you in a week or two and just see how things have gone and how things are progressing. Because um, I will be out to observe you in a couple of weeks and I'm very excited about that. Um, and I hope you're not nervous about that. I just, I love coming out to watch you all teach and I love learning from you as you're teaching. So I hope you're looking forward to that as well. Um, you're like the best cheerleader ever. It's going to be great. Yes. I do what I can for you. I do what I can. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to hit on before we said goodbye? If I could just chime in and say that I feel like there's a really big difference between learning how to be a theater teacher in the college setting and then really being in a school all day. Um, and in my experience, it's been like the most affirming, inspiring thing ever. And I'm just, I'm happy to be in a place where I'm kind of scared and challenged every day, um, but also really supported and, and learning so much. And I, it's been a really exciting place to be in a real school, in a real school with real children. Well, and that's, that's the best place to be emotionally with it too, is you're a little bit terrified, you're a little bit anxious, and you're extremely excited, and you're very supported, and if a lesson falls flat on its face, you've got amazing CTs there that are going to, all right, pick yourself up, dust yeah. your off, let's keep going. Let's, you know, it's the way it is. And, yeah. and you, I think you both feel, you both, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you both feel that you're in a place where you can do that. And you feel supported if that happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a wrap for episode two of season two of Fed Talks. Thank you so much for listening. You can always find our show notes and archives on our website at www.fedtalks.com. Go on to any of your favorite podcast providers, Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, TuneIn. Go on your favorite provider, subscribe to the show, rate us, review us, and share it with people who you think could benefit from what we're doing here. You can always contact me on email at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all your favorite social media, on Twitter at TheaterEdTalks, Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com. Facebook, Fed Talks, Instagram, Fed Talks Podcast, and of course, our website, www.fedtalks.com. I know this episode was a little long, but I think it was some great information and uh, getting to meet my student teachers and, and talk to my four former students who are currently in the field. Uh, so thank you to all my guests. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schuster for the use of your song, Magnetize, and the new song we're using this season, Flip the Record. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic week. Tune in next week and check out our next episode. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.